Happy Monday morning. Happy Monday, everybody. <laughs> Been a while since I said that. We're on time. Hit the theme music. Nailed it. Yeah. Hey, hey, you haven't done one of your trademark happy whatever in shows in quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I was mean, our catchphrase for so long. That was before we were we were ardent professionals. Yeah, right? that was before <laughs> we spent thousands of my wife's inheritance mm-hmm. on this show. Yeah, and we just basically flushed that down the toilet. I mean, God, yeah. Because like essentially for our podcast, we'll introduce it in a moment. Uh, you know, we spent all that money on gold plated mics, mm-hmm. which by the way aren't good for mics. Yeah. Uh, and Gabriel, what did you buy? Oh, I got these, um, original Beats by Dre headphones, oh. but then they're not really Beats. They're more like straight up taken. I stole like Dr. Dre's headphones. Okay. Well, I didn't steal them. I paid like, like six figures for oh, them. I'm so disappointed. They're I... really shitty, like original Walkman ones too. I, I really hope the joke that you're going to do was that like, I, it's like, I was like, oh, we spent money on gold plated mics. And it's like, I spent my money on, on Dre Beats. And I was like, oh, that's even more of a waste. <laughs> Take that, you poor product yeah. <laughs> yeah apparently they're not very good no they're not they're they're very they're extremely overrated that's hilarious welcome dear listener readers hello everyone to uh, slow readers your weekly fast-paced literature podcast brought to you by top gallant radio we are the only expliterate expliterature comedy book podcast talk show comedy book podcast yeah Yeah. (laughs) this is a show about reading we are the bad boys of comedy literature book club podcasting yeah we're the batman of the group oh no that's (laughs) always the one that makes me like shudder no the what about joker yeah joker's Joker's way worse if uh yeah but uh gabriel yeah (laughs) before we we get into that i just want to say uh 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 i don't remember any of our taglines that we say at the start oh that's about it though i think we're there right yeah we got it that's all okay i think we're we're shortening it a little bit yeah no normally we do the whole like it's like it's all about reading it's all about books on the page yeah and usually we take a shot out we could take a shot at the overdue podcast because they don't curse as much yeah they don't curse anywhere in as much as us fuck no fucking shit dog no that's it balls who and what are you hello everyone my name is gabe amara i'm a comedian every now and again i'm a writer and a podcast producer and if you like cocktails and wine and ice cubes in your glass you can come visit me at the bar at oyster house whenever we open again mm-hmm. hopefully soon hopefully soon probably this weekend or next weekend uh oof, we'll see all right yeah. I'm Daniel Gonzalez. Hello, co-host. An audio producer, editor, writer, and an author of speculative fiction. Author of speculative fiction. And this is a show we like to do about books. Gabriel. Yeah, we're a real show. <laughs> Gabriel, if you don't if you don't mind, I, I definitely want to kind of call attention just for a moment. Just just to just to give you a little prod, right? Mm-hmm. Um so yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> first off, like w- yep, yep. We, yeah, we're literally recording this Monday morning. Something that I'm actually proud we haven't done in like over a year at least. Yeah, no, we've been very good about recording early. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, ir- uh, ironically, we were we were reading a short story this time because it's like, oh, so we can get at this ahead of time and I can start listening to the audiobook for the next thing. Yeah, I got to get book, on that. Which I, I did not start. I'm listening yeah. to the Beowulf fucking uh, uh, audiobook Why by, wouldn't by you? Headley. She's fucking... Mm-hmm. That is I'm reading Dolly Parton's autobiography. And I'm also reading the uh, Elaine Shannon book. Mm. Um, but... That's it. That's it. <laughs> so yesterday, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you uh like mid the like we're like, technically we should have like recorded earlier. I mean, don't worry, wrong. We should yeah, have done no, that. we should have done it like Thursday night. I, I was kind of tired of doing audio work, so um, but 
so yesterday, Sunday, when we're technically our day to record, yeah. um, sometime in the afternoon, uh-huh. you go, oh, my buddy from the bar is coming over with oh, his yeah, girlfriend. Oh, no, yeah. It, it was like 10 a.m. I'm like, hey, man, yeah. um, uh, I finished reading the book. Do you want to record before or after our buddy shows up at 1? And you're like, we can do it after. Just don't get too drunk. And yeah. I'm like, you got it, dude. And ba- yeah, basically, I want I want to <laughs> point that out because I even said that to you in person because like you were like, yeah, he's gonna come here, and I was like, no, I got I actually had a, like an assignment to work, and I was like, Gabe, I just want you to do one thing. Yeah. When you're out there hanging out with your buddy, it's like don't get too drunk because like you know you don't want to be like talking about this story and like you're like drunk or whatever right yeah and, this story combined with me being drunk would be a bad combo yeah it would be it'd be like a really weird awkward thing right yeah so, i'd probably cry yeah uh so gabriel mm-hmm. uh, what happened <laughs> well um i i did not watch my dear friend who's another bartender i did not watch him make the drinks mm-hmm. but he filled up my yeti you know my little yeti thermos keeps in the cold it's great he filled it up with margarita mm. and i thought he went more ham on lime juice and juice and maybe even a little club of soda but apparently he put half a bottle of tequila in my bottle in my in my thermos mm. <laughs> so um i you know i i barely ate because it was a pool day and i wanted to look good for myself mostly because i'm a proud proud independent woman uh-huh. and you know it was just me and my buddy and his girlfriend i don't look good for them so uh and i stayed at the pool blazing sun near empty stomachs for half an omelet and um, uh, I I drank half a bottle of tequila in a, in a thermos. Yeah, and uh, from my perspective, yeah, I was doing uh, I was doing work basically all morning and afternoon. And at some point, I was like, all right, you know what? I can take a break. It stopped. It's like no longer like ninety five degrees out. Yeah. So like I went on like my full walk, and then like when I came back, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I I figured I was like I think Gabe's uh, back or whatever. And I I looked in your room, and you're just face down on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like. Oh, all right. What's that? What what time was that? (laughs) That was like three. Yeah, no, I blacked out. Like, like, last thing I remember, I was having a great conversation with my buddy and his lady friend by the pool. We were talking about podcasts and literature. Mm -hmm. Apparently, he recommended this book about him. I might have been talking about this very short story because um, we were talking. He he told me to read this book about interviewing the devil. I'm like, that sounds cool. No memories. (laughs) I wake up at like 7 p.m. Like, what happened? Oh my yeah. God, Daniel, should we record? And, <laughs> and I think I may be lucid. And you're uh, like, no, dude, you're drunk. Yeah, no, it, it was the thing where like, it's, it's that, it's that great drunk moment when someone's like, no, like, they're like, oh, we, we should record. And I'm like, I don't know. You're kind of drunk. And you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty good. And I'm like, you think you sound like this. Yes. But you do not. I was slurring like crazy. You were like, oh my God, what, what is it? Okay. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. yeah, I'm good, and I'm like, I'm like, no, you're very drunk, man. No, it was one of those amazing drunks that happens to me so rarely, where I get so fucking drunk that I wake up hours later, like, I'm like, I'm not even. I wake up about as normal drunk as I should have been, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, cool, let's live life for a little while, and then I'm not even hungover because I got so drunk so early, and I ate and managed to hydrate across the night, so I feel. A little bit soupy, okay. But yeah, probably a little worn out. Yeah, which is yeah, which is amazing because like now and then, like maybe it's, I think I have like a bug or something like that lately. But like mm. I'll, I'll have like like uh, you know if have I a conversation. Date, if I what's that? Never mind. <laughs> a conversation. Yeah, a bug. What? A bug. 
A conversation bug? Yeah, like Gene Hackman. Oh, okay. All right. That's what kind of- Harry again, That serpentine logic. Where... What? Everyone else got that. No. Listeners, if you loved that sick reference to the Walter Murch edited Francis Ford Coppola film, write a review on Apple Podcasts for how great this show is. Yeah, say, Gabe, I got that reference immediately. I bet Lady Finney got it. I bet- I bet okay, Kiara I, Talent got it. She's a very, very intelligent person. Yeah, right? she is. <laughs> But anyway, no, I was also in the middle of telling a story. So just like the, the wrench in that being like bug, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like what, what, That was what, a what? very what? deliberate roadblock. Right. A bug, you were saying. That's it. Uh, no, I, I'll, I have like one, like even like a couple of days ago, I had like, like a, like a, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm pretentious, but uh, a, a, a carafe of sake. Of course. And like, and like I had a headache by the night, by the end of the night. I don't know. I think it's because I was also just like watching a lot of movies, which is something I don't uh, do as much. But anyway, yeah. So Gabriel, no, I just want to say like that's that's why we're. There's recording a reason today. why it's recording in the morning. It's because I got too drunk. Yes. Yeah. So comically, sorry, listeners. Sorry, listeners. You have to listen to this on your drive home rather than your drive to work. This is why right now Gabriel is recording the podcast with a dead albatross tied around his neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it smells bad. That's the punishment. Yeah. Daniel has the conch. But that's it. I mean, it's coming out on a Monday, so it's all good. Whatever. That's fine. Jesus Christ, get off our backs. Yeah, I got my work done ahead of time, so I'm not, I'm not in like a rush to. Well, I'm still waiting on like additional. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Gabriel, mm-hmm. let's. Fuck that out of here. Mm-hmm. That's an yeah. adverb. Any uh, reviews today? Uh, no, I just checked. God damn it, you guys. Sorry. We're counting uh, on you. But yeah, uh, yeah, people out there, before we get in the talk, yeah, no, definitely, if you, you should totally like leave us a review because we love reading reviews on air. It's like my favorite part. We Yeah, mo- all of our uh, uh, taglines at this point come from three-star reviews. Yeah, all pretty right? much. Moderately entertaining. Yep. Too much like two guys talking about a book they mm-hmm. read. And as per usual... These guys are idiots. Still the best one. That's the best one. Old Johnny No Thumbs. Thank you, Johnny No Thumbs. <laughs> All right, that's it. Uh-huh. We have a story to talk about. We do indeed. Gabriel? Yes. What is the story that we talked about? The we're, story we're talking... we are talking about now <laughs> is Hell is the Absence of God by Ted Chiang from his collection Stories of Your Life and Other sto- and Others. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the stories of your life. Were you trying life? to read it? Sorry, I was upset. Like stories of Your Life and Other Stories? That doesn't work out. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> this is uh, one of two Ted Chiang uh, uh, short story collections. He mm-hmm. he is a writer who only does short fiction. He doesn't have he has, has no novels. He literally spends all of his time crafting very 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 complicated, impressive s- science fiction uh, short stories. And usually, like his the style that the stories are told in vary so greatly from one another that mm-hmm. like he says he has like a regular. I, you pr- I'm sorry if I'm getting ahead of your research. No, I didn't do uh, any research on him. Okay, good. I'll just I'll give some because I want to gush about him for a moment. Yeah, please do. Um, this is our third time doing him. This is yes, I want to say third. Yeah, yeah, we did the the merchant story mm-hmm. and the other one, and actually I'll get to that in a moment. But um, go on, please. He but like yeah, these are all like very hard. Some of them are actually very hard science fiction premises. Yeah, uh, most people will recognize uh him from being the guy who wrote the short story that was adapted into the science fiction film Arrival. Amazing with movie. Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen that, you know that that is just like an amazing twist of like a very human story with a very very complicated hard science fiction. Like like science essentially. Yeah, you know? no, it's it's straight up like about linguistics and <clears throat> like time and science. It's yeah, really cool. And, and like the way the mind works, and also like like you know anyway. But uh, by also never losing like the kind of like human uh view about the whole thing. You yeah. Know? But uh, he's incredible. But that said, like uh, so he has two short story collections. We were previously reading from his latest one, which came out in I want to say 2019. That, that sounds right. Year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. 
2019 Exhalation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time we're actually jumping to his first short story collection. Yeah. Uh, Stories of Your Life, as you said, uh, named after the uh, story. The sto- is it just story? Of your story life? of your life. Yeah, story of your life, right? Yeah. Story of your life, which which was adapted which into became the a story that that was a rival. Now, uh, and bas- yeah, and I, I don't know if I have anything else I really have to say about this besides the fact that like, oh, he, I just, I, one thing I forgot to mention is, is that mm-hmm. he has like a day job. He's like a technical writer. Yeah. So he says like, yeah, I'm able to just like take my time perfecting each short story. Yeah. And when they're this good, I mean, they're worth waiting for. Yeah. He, he every person who is a creative person should envy what he does and how he's Absolutely. able to do it. Like, like we should, anyone who wants to create something like you should aspire to be as good as Ted Chiang because yeah. if you told me that like if you ripped off, if you hit, if you hid the name of the author in the book, I would assume that this is the anthology of the best science fiction of the last decade. And I'd be yeah. like, oh, look, all these different voices put together in one collection. It's amazing. And it's just him. Yeah. No, he's right. that good. Yeah, totally. And uh, at this point, I've read half of the stories. Oh. There's only eight. That's not a brag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was an excuse, I've, not a brag. <laughs> I've had this uh, this book in uh, uh, since for a long ass fucking time. And mm-hmm. I've only read half of it. Since the womb. Since the womb. And I've read like half the stories from Exhalation. Yeah, Daniel was born in 2000. Yeah, uh, features a, a quote on the oh my cover God, that's by, possible. by friend friend of the the show Juno Diaz. Yay! <laughs> that's a complicated thing. Let's not bring that up. Gabriel, Let's not talk about Juno Diaz. Uh, I believe he did some research. I did. Uh, what did you do it on? Well, Daniel, I did it on this story actually. Okay. So first, I was actually gonna do a story, uh, do a research on humanism, <clears throat> which I thought be a very interesting conversation to have, especially regarding the story. Okay. But there's not that much. I mean, there's either I could either talk for fucking five hours about secular humanism, or I could just do research on hell's. Um, the absence of God. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if he did this. You know, like at the end of this, there's like story notes, right? Oh, I know that's cool. Yeah, okay. But, oh shit. Well, <laughs> sorry. All right, then. but go ahead. If you miss anything, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what you missed. All right, so here we go. Mm-hmm. Hell is the absence of God is a 2001 fantasy novelette. Mm-hmm. It is apparently a novelette by Ted Chiang. It was first published in Starlight number three in July 2001. For those who don't know, Starlight is a sci-fi anthology magazine kind of series edited by Patrick Nielsen Hayden and published by Tor. Tor! Your favorite company, Daniel. Uh, I believe published... Actually, this is... I think uh, I think this short story collection was originally published by Tor. Yeah, no, yeah. In, pub, in Starlight 3, that, which is Tor. I mean, the, the book. Oh, the yeah. book itself? I think so. Oh, that's... I don't know yeah, that. Yeah, if you, if you... The original cover of Stories of Your Life is, like, amazing. Is it, like, the giant and everything? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I love that cover. It's, like, classic. Like, it doesn't... You wouldn't imagine this. Like, this... It's gorgeous. Like, this pretty picture of, like, a clock and uh, things. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, one second. Oh, no. Oof. Oh, no. He's got a thorn in his paw. Yeah, no. I was scratching <laughs> my leg. And then, like, something sticky... Don't, it's not what you think. Oh my God, I don't think it's what you think. So I think it's like syrup or something. Parasite? I scratched my leg and I thought I scratched a hole into my leg. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, okay, never mind. You just naturally have a hole in your leg? No, that's, you know, that's one of my great, I have that phobia about having holes in your skin. It's, it really makes me nauseated. Holes it, like, in your skin. Right. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I, let's not go into it. Okay. Anyway, uh, it was also published in Year's Best Fantasy 2 and in Fantasy, The Best of 2001, as well as the anthology Stories of Your Life, obviously. Mm. Hell is the Absence of God actually won the 2002 Hugo Award for Best Novelette, the Nebula Award for Best Novelette, and the Locus Award for Best Novelette. It was also the finalist for the 2002 Theodore Sturgeon Award. Yeah. So, uh, um, Chang said, um, he said that the inspiration for the story is 
the Christopher Walken movie, The Prophecy. Yeah. Which I love so much about an angel played by Christopher Walken and who gets, who fights Elias Codius. That, uh, that, that's also in the notes for the And thing. Viggo Mortensen. I don't know what that movie is. Yeah, well, um, uh, uh Christopher Walken plays, uh, the angel Gabriel, <clears throat> who is trying to prolong, um, a war between angels and Lucifer is against it because if, if Gabriel wins, uh, mm. Um, heaven becomes another hell, and Lucifer's like, I don't, I'm not part of that shit. Okay, again, played by Vigo Mortensen, which is pretty cool. Vigo, Vigo, baby, Vigo, my boy. Yeah, he wanted to write a story about angels, but couldn't think of a scenario that would work. And that's been that's when he started imagining angels as being quote unquote phenomena of terrifying power whose visitations resembled natural disasters. Yeah, that's, that's from here. Yeah, yeah I mean, honestly, <laughs> this this what I took it all from might be from there. Yeah, probably. Well, honestly, what you're getting it from, yeah, probably comes from yeah, it's from the Wikipedia because that's page. Ba- that's literally how it. It, I, it was only when I started thinking about angels as phenomena of yeah. terrifying power whose visitations resembled natural disasters. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Chang also wrote that book of Job. You know the the old good old book of Job. Oh, Job. That's also contributed ideas for his story because it raised the question: Why did God restore Job to prosperity when the book's lesson was that virtue isn't always rewarded? Mm-hmm. So interesting. In interviews, Chang's explicitly stated that hell's the absence of God is straight fantasy because it takes place in a universe in which quote the scientific method doesn't work, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. He yeah. said it's about innocent suffering and the way people devoted to God deal with it. He also said that the novelette examines the role of faith in religion and suggests that if God undeniably existed, then faith would no longer be applicable. Mm-hmm. Robert J. Sawyer and David G. Hartwell described Hell's the Absence of God as the sing- best single sci-fi story of 2002. On the opposite end, John C. Wright called it, quote, trite anti-Christian propaganda. <laughs> Elf Sternberg compared the novelette to C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce, saying that although Lewis is a supporter of God, Chang is by f- um, far more ambivalent. Mm-hmm. Uh... In a review of Chang's Stories of Your Life in The Guardian, English fantasy author China Mieville called yeah. Hell's the Absence of God the showpiece of Chang's collection. He wrote <laughs> that despite the story's religious underpinnings, there is no, quote, moralistic Starmund Drang. And Chang, quote, does not descend to the finger-wagging one might expect from a liberal intellectual. Yeah, China Mieville is also on the back of the book. Yeah, must be a big fan. <clears throat> oh, he's Fucking like, Ted Chang stan. He's got to be a huge nerd for him. Mm-hmm. China Mieville, he's a guy I always really want to like more. Uh, I really liked, I read like a good like quarter of uh, per- Perdido Street Station. Mm-hmm. I actually really liked it. I believe it. Um, it's awesome. But it's really fucking long. <laughs> China Mieville has a name where I'm like, that person could be literally Anything, it, man, it, woman, uh, any other gender, uh, and if, black, white, who knows? And if I told you, imagine like a white, bald British guy who's like gothy in the way that Alan Moore is gothy. Like he's mm-hmm. not like overdoing it, sure, but he's like gothy in that way, and he comes up with like really heady science fiction fantasy like worlds and stories that like sure. are, can actually be pretty fucking interesting but mm-hmm. that's what he is okay no, I, I buy that completely yeah. that's it that's one possible interpretation of him thank you that's one version of many <laughs> yeah it could be gabriel He's like doctor who go on uh uh we are sorry we are uh talking about hell's the absence of god mm-hmm. and if you don't mind i'll do my best to kind of uh, briefly get into it good luck uh as you said uh yeah this is a story where basically you know, concepts that people who have faith refer to as like miracles or mm-hmm. just like, you know, divine intervention are like literal. Yes. Uh, because and as as uh, he describes them, like they're kind of like natural phenomena and like 
disasters, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, as we're treated kind of in the beginning of what it's like is that an angel visitation is that one just goes, poof, shows up, zooms over to somewhere and performs miracles, kind of like, almost like, like at random. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's, it's almost like they don't perform jack shit. Yeah, they just show up. And it's as, vague, a, yeah. as, a, as a consequence of them arriving, the witnessing of them makes miracles or disasters in even hand kind of happen. Yeah, no, they do. They do not even, they do you know, perform. They, act, they, they do perform actions, in it, but it's all like kind of mysterious. Where in the way, mm -hmm. in the, the way it's described in the beginning is that like an angel shows up, goes to like the center of town, like, I forgot, I forgot what Nestor does. He, like, heals one person's, like, blindness and does something else. Mm, stops and, a car from hitting, like, a thing. And then the minor miracles were there was, like, a bus that, like, that was, like, veered off course because an angel just showed the fuck up. Mm -hmm. And he stopped it from, like, running into, like, other people. A busy crosswalk, yeah. So, like, it does do that. But then again, also, when it just bamps out of there, mm -hmm. like... Glass like fucking kills murders this the, guy's wife. The protagonist's wife. Yeah, it's just kind of indiscriminate. Like the yeah. whole thing of it, even mm -hmm. though there seems to be, in a sense, like yeah. a design for the whole thing. You know, mm -hmm. so that's so that's the kind of world that this takes place in, where these yes. things are again literal. Yes, where there mm -hmm. is there is proof of God, proof of heaven and hell. Yeah, these are all like. Also, people can sometimes see not so much heaven, but like hell, like what was it called? Like a hell portal or a hell gate or something like something that. Something like that. Where like basically like you can look down and you can just like see through the ground into like a, in the image of hell and you can like see people you recognize. Yeah. And it's everything. just like another like another earth almost basically. It's just people just kind of just hanging out. Yeah, kind of. And the details are vague enough, mm -hmm. are vague enough that like it's not like the finer details, like don't think about it too much. But yeah. Yeah. So Purposely, of course. This is the story that basically follows like some dude. Oh, Fisk. his name is Neil, Neil Fisk. Neil Fisk, yeah, Neil Fisk, whose wife is killed during one of these uh, angelic appearances. Whatever. Yes, and basically he's brutally too. Yeah, brutally, and basically he's struggling with this idea that uh, everyone knows that she went to heaven because yes. like you can tell that you there's she like she literally ascended in front of you can else's see eyes. people ascending. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically he is struggling with his face because of faith, with his faith and his face too. Mm -hmm. Uh, but no, he's struggling with his face with because his leg more than anything. He's naturally angry with God and the fact that this happened, mm -hmm. but like, if you're going to be angry at God and like turn away from faith or whatever, he's not going to be in heaven with his wife. Yes. So he's really like like uh, dealing with this kind of like existential moment of just being like i need to be a good christian yeah even though i don't feel like a good christian mm -hmm. <laughs> so. that, um, uh, the only way to be reunited with his wife is to come to love god and be accepted into heaven but how can he love god when god like took his one good thing away from him yeah and and then we have like some other side characters like for example there was not Sarah there was Janice Janice mm -hmm. Janice who was born uh, basically with like without legs essentially yeah she's essentially legless uh, and and she rose to the challenge she didn't let it stop her living a full life mm -hmm. she's a huge inspiration to other people who are born you know with like certain kind of like bodies and whatnot yeah and then and which was also by the way her birth like the birth and that that was also because of an angelic visitation yes and then like later on in her adult life she has another uh, she. She's also witnessing another angelic visitation and all of a sudden she has legs and then yeah. she's kind of struggling with this because she was she's not the same person yeah. she used to be now yeah. she's at a loss because her entire career and life is built upon being this pillar of strength and faith in god because she was born with this deformity as a result of uh divine intervention and now that she has legs again what yeah. is she going to preach about there's nothing for her to discuss and now she's just kind of confused as to what her message is now. Yeah, and ironically, people are kind of giving her shit because she, 
people say like, well, you're no longer like a beacon of inspiration or anything like that because like you're now gifted. You're now quote unquote normal. Yeah. So, uh, and there's also another dude named Ethan who I believe is just, uh, struggling to figure out his kind of like his destiny. Yes. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Ethan and Janice kind of like like meet up and they hang out and they're trying to like to figure out their own thing. Meanwhile, our boy uh, Neil mm-hmm. um, is like gets pissed off at Janice and the doing thing because like no- nothing anyone is saying is really kind of making him happy. Yeah, he goes uh, to support groups and one of the support groups she shows up after yeah. her legs coming back and she's like, "Well, I you know you just gotta trust God because I was given this additional challenge and blessing mm-hmm. of getting my legs back. So maybe look at it that way, Neil." And Neil's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> You, like oh I'm sorry you got blessed again and I'm supposed to trust God for t- you're killing my wife that's yeah. that's great and uh yeah long long story short basically like Neil becomes obsessed with the idea of being a I forgot what it was called but like they're essentially like they're, they're chasers for the angelic like, twister chasers yeah kind of like that where basically people like people tend to do this they gather where basically like angelic visitations tend to kind of like start mm. where like basically where they show up, uh, which is like in this case is like kind of like in the middle of like the desert. Um, people have been doing this. And the the reason why people do this is that apparently if you when uh, an, when an angel like appears and vanishes, there's like a brief glimpse of like the light of heaven. Yeah. And basically, like, it will it t- will take away your eyes, literally. Mm-hmm. But like, you'll also like truly understand the love of God. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, or, or, or you'll just ascend that way. Yeah. Um, com- if all of your sins completely forgiven. Yeah. It, it'll also kill you as well because again, angelic visitations are essentially like a lightning and an earthquake rolled into one. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and basically Neil becomes obsessed with this. He kind of meets up with, uh, Janice and Ethan who are there. Why are they there again? Oh, well, um, uh, so Janice wants to see if she can go to this holy spot and give her blessing back. If she wants to give the legs to yeah. someone else under the guise if she's looking for guidance. And Ethan is with there with her because he's trying to find his purpose as well. So he's yeah. like, maybe I'll find my purpose here. And basically, like, the irony of everything is that uh, Neil finally becomes aware that they're like, oh, there's going to be an angelic visitation. He sees it and basically is like, oh, if I, he's like chasing it in like his Jeep or whatever. Yeah. And like basically, uh, yeah, trying to see like that, that image of light. Uh, he crashes because he's not looking where he's going. And then while he's basically dying, Janice runs up to try and save him. Uh, but then like the, but then that's when like the angel, I believe like vanishes right in front of them. Yeah. Uh, they're both struck by heavenly light. They're both struck by heavenly light. Uh, Janice, I believe, did, what, what happens with Janice? Remind Janice me. gets that, gets, she gets the full treatment, basically. Yeah. Her eyes are blasted out, and she's filled with God's love, and she becomes one of these basic blind prophets that goes around the world. They're kind of a dime a dozen in this world, yeah. but she just kind of goes around preaching about God's love, and everyone kind of, like, writes her off a little bit, because there's nothing individual about her message anymore. She's just another person who blindly loves God and talks about how great he is. Yeah, yeah. That's always a nice touch. I like the idea that, like, people are kind of alienated from these people who have experienced this because they're, like, it's like, how can you, how do you help us? And he's just, and they're just like, You just gotta "Ah, love God. What what can I tell you? You gotta love God. Yeah. And And they're like, that's not, that doesn't help. And meanwhile, (laughs) in a real, in a real great twist, uh, uh, our, our, our boy Neil sees the light of God suddenly understands mm-hmm. everything. He suddenly feels love. And just as he's dying and bleeding out, he starts to ascend. 
the line is, and God sends them to hell anyway. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, the book ends. Uh, and Ethan witnesses this. Ethan witnesses everything. And so he's able to, like, kind of tell people about everything that happened, both with uh, Ethan and J- Janice. And then the story ends with basically a brief glimpse of uh, Neil in hell. Mm-hmm. And as the title kind of refers to, is that he understands that in hell, it's just like, it is hell because God isn't there. Mm-hmm. And, and like, he now understands that and feels it. And we just kind of end with, yeah, he's filled, he's filled with this very complex notion that he's now filled with God's love, but now he's trapped in hell mm-hmm. and he, this is his punishment. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I do want to say, I read this like two weeks ago. So that's oh, why, okay. I, that's why I'm kind of like, uh, like I, I briefly glimpsed at the names. I'm like, where are the names? What's the order of things happening? All mm-hmm. right. Okay, cool. Uh, completely forgot about Ethan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's the story. So fun, light read, fun, light read. I mean, we wanted to, we want kids who are picking up us cursing at red wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we want to talk about like hell is the absence of God. And then we're going to go back to, you know, saying really nasty things about red wall. Yeah. Uh, just real grisly hard language. <laughs> uh, what, what did you want to look up? Sorry. What are you looking? Are you looking at anything particular? Oh, I have. I have. There were two passages I was remembering that I really, really liked and wanted to bring up. We'll we'll discuss it in part three. Okay. Uh, and that's in that case, we'll go to break. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we're gonna play a game that I made. Oh my god! And then after that, we're gonna talk about our feelings. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, Gabriel. Throw us to break. Okay. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Dear listener readers. I'm still Gabe. Too. Daniel's going to take a drink. Slow readers, which is still a good time about books and cussing. Oh, thank you. Expliterature at its finest. I needed a drink of water there. I, I know. I watched you do it. Uh, anyway, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Sh- fuck you. I don't know. What? <laughs> Cheese. Cheese and rice. Uh, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. We have a game uh, we're going to play. Mm-hmm. And this game mm-hmm. we played before. It's a little thing. Okay. Called Gatekeeper. 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 Seasons wait. For Gabriel, yes, this Daniel. is the game where basically I have something in my head mm-hmm. and you need to figure out what it is. Uh, to guess it. It's a tumor. Yeah, it is a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to guess it, uh, you need to basically, I will give you 10 gates, aka hints. Sure. And ba- uh, for ed- every gate, you can perhaps chance to answer it. Mm hmm. Uh, which will basically, if you if you, uh, you you start out with 10 points, if you get it wrong, you lose two points and move on to the next thing. Uh, if you get it right, you don't want, you get any points, but that's how many points you end with. You want yeah. to end with ten, uh, as close to 10 as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, uh, yeah, but basically like every, at every gate, you lose a point. You know? Yes. You can choose whether or not to get an answer. Yeah, right. And I, I select the gates as they come, yeah, which right either right. can result in me failing miserably or me hitting it, um, getting a hole in one. Yes. Uh, and Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh, I have to say, um, I mean, I don't know if you, you can... may call me Nitro. They call you Nitro. Uh, we'll see. Right now you have some kind of tough thing because at this point, to beat your high score... Yes. Out of 10 points, mm-hmm. you need 20. Yes. Okay. I need 21 to beat my high score. You need 21 to beat it, actually. Yeah. yeah. I would need to get like like three games uh-huh. and I need to get at least two dingers. That's actually not, not that unrealistic. Yeah. Maybe that'll happen in the future. I don't know. We'll see. But Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. So, mm-hmm. this story, as I said at the top... Ted Chang is mainly known for writing the story Story of Your Life, which was adapted into the film Arrival yeah. by filmmaker uh, Denis Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve? Say? I don't know why. De- Denis, Denis Villeneuve? Villeneuve. Yeah. Denis Villeneuve. 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 Villeneuve.
I wrote down the pronunciation. It's one of those things where like, I'll write it down and it's like, okay, I know how to say that. And then like the chant, and then I need to say it here, not anywhere else here. Yeah. I'll always like look at it and I'll be like, I don't know. It's that thing where my voice is like a stream of consciousness. Sure. It works when I'm not thinking. Uh-huh. Um, that's how you do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that ends up. We've been doing this for 174 episodes. Gabriel. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? Denis? <laughs> Denis Villeneuve. Denis yes. Villeneuve. I don't know why I have to, Okay. Yeah, Denis what's Villeneuve. happening? Are you okay? Denis Villeneuve. Yes. Again, don't think. Denis Villeneuve. Sure. Don't think. Film. Feel. Am I thinking of? Okay. So, you need to guess it. Now, the good news is that there's only so many. Yeah. Especially, like, the ones that, like, we know basically better. And I'm pretty sure that you know a, a bunch of them. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of aware of, like, how much you know about them, I yes. think. Yeah. Uh, so, you can essentially guess it. Mm-hmm. Like pretty, like probably within like a few guesses, you could probably do it. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see okay. how this works. Hopefully, if I did this right, it is. They are just simple enough hints mm-hmm. that like they don't one hundred percent give you away. I like the idea about this needs to be a process of uh, uh, you know subtraction here, elimination, elimination, subtraction. Yeah, no, whatever. Uh, I guess same thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Uh, uh-huh. But like, yeah. So that's what it is. Now, so far, you've you've uh, uh, ruined the game by sucking. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm trying not to like be. I'm trying not to go I one way. Too one, good at the game. One way or the other, essentially, because it's like I don't want to overcompensate. It made it like too difficult because that's also not good. So yes, but yeah, this shouldn't be difficult. But we'll see. Hopefully, I'll get it pretty. Play anyway. along, listeners. But Gabriel, yeah, are you ready to play Gatekeeper? I am. All right, hit the theme music. You bet, Howard. Gabriel, I'll keep track of your points. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between one and ten. Seven. Seven. Okay. Oops. Clear. <laughs> All right. Your gate, number seven. Okay. This film is composed by late great Icelandic composer Johan Johansson. Mm. Johansson composed music for three Denis movies and okay. was fired from a fourth. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like he definitely did Arrival. Or was he filed, fired from Arrival? Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. No, he was doing um, Blade Runner 2049, but then he was fired from Blade Runner 2049 and replaced with someone else. I forget who. Or am I thinking of Yonzi? I don't remember. Um, Daniel, I'm going to, because there's so many, there's only so many possible answers, I'm going to play a little bit safe this time. Let's let's, okay. let's go on to the next game. Again, it's prospect of elimination here. Yes. So. All right, so moving on, you're at nine points. Yes. All right. So far, you did get your high score. No, that's okay. Gabriel, pick a number between one and ten. Um, three. Okay. One second. Okay. I mean, you, you can edit this all out. Yeah. Well, I am... One second. Don't look. Don't look. Mm-hmm. Don't look. Mm-hmm. Playing with the sound panels. Oh, no. What happened? Here, pick another number. Okay. <laughs> four. Okay, four, thank you. What happened? Uh, I apparently didn't fully write out that note. <laughs> or maybe, uh, I know it's one of those things I can please control. It's just the answer. Yeah, it's just the answer. <laughs> Oops. All right. Gabriel? I feel like I deserve an extra point because you messed no, up you're the you're saying a nine. God damn it. Uh, right. Gabriel, you're yeah. gate number four. Uh-huh. This film's director of photography is Roger Deakins, considered uh-huh. one of the finest uh, directors of photography of, in, in film history. Pfft, that's a lot of goddamn words. Mm-hmm. Deakins did photography for three Denny movies. He did indeed, didn't he? So, mm-hmm. this is a film that features uh, the score by Johansson, mm-hmm. and it features photography 
by Deacons. I know Deacons definitely did Sicario. He definitely did Tom Blade Runner. So that's interesting. I don't know the third one. Hmm. I don't think he did, uh... Well, he might have done Prisoners. But I guess Johan might have done the score for that one? That's interesting. I don't think he was DP for Arrival. I don't think he was anyway. Daniel, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and eliminate... So, I... I, the only ones I haven't seen, I haven't seen Prisoners, and he had a first movie whose name I don't know. <laughs> he, he had, I'll, I'll help you out there, he had like a three, I think, films that were, not, that, were not, that were not English language. Yeah, okay. Um, and I'm not, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'm not I'm not counting those. Yeah, I know one's called Enemy, I think, right? I'm not saying. Okay, fine. All right, Daniel, I'm going to guess it's Prisoners. I guess it's Prisoners. I'm going to go for it. Gabriel, final answer? Yes. All right, Gabriel, it actually is Prisoners. Really? Yeah. Hey! Good guess. Boom, baby! Why did you guess Prisoners out of all of them? I don't know, because I figured it it wasn't Blade Runner, and it wasn't Sicario. Blade Blade Runner, uh, 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 Johansson was fired from composer by a little obscure composer named Hans Zimmer. Yes, that's right. Uh, I'm sorry, what was the next one? Oh, and then it wasn't Sicario. Sicario had a compo- uh, had a score by Johansson. Was oh, that team as well? Yeah, oh, and wow. Deacons. Cool. Deacons and Deacons a thing. Uh, yeah, Johansson did the score for Prisoners, uh, Sicario, and Arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, Deacons did uh, photographer Prisoners, Sicario, and uh, yeah. uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah. So basically, I I played you because you know me and you know I haven't seen Prisoners yet. And, I actually didn't know that. Oh, I haven't seen Prisoners. Nah, nah, nah. I, I borrowed um, a late, great Ryan Snyder's copy for about two years. Okay. And it's... I never watched it. But I, and I, I figured, love that one. I figured you weren't going to do Arrival, because that would be, be kind of confusing. So uh, for me, the answer was either going to be Sicario, Prisoners, or Blade Runner. And I, I wrote out... Not and, Enemy, huh? No. Okay. I don't yeah. even know what Enemy... I know nothing about Enemy. Enemy came out the same year as Prisoners starred uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Hmm. But didn't, but it, uh, didn't have the uh, those other two. All right. Let me read off the other ones then. Wait, so um, what's my score? Eight? Uh, nine. Nine! Yeah. Uh, technically, this film came out the same year as another Nitro. Denny movie. Which was Which was Enemy. Uh-huh. Uh, this film is not based on any pre-existing material or franchises. Number three was left incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Paul Dano in caps. Uh, number five, this film recouped its reported budget and then some. Oh wow! Uh, this film was almost directed by uh, directed by uh, Anton Fuqua and Brian Singer. It almost starred Brian, uh, Christian Bale and Leonardo DiCaprio. This sure. is the same one. The, cr- the screenplay was written by Aaron Guzikowski, who also wrote the Papillon remake and created the shows The Red Road, starring Jason Momoa, and the upcoming Raised by Wolves. Sure. I thought it was a Papillon remake that happened. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, this film cost $46 million. Uh, it has an 81% Rotten Tomato score from critics and a 74 from Metacritic. Mm. Nine, uh, th- this film is not a science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten, this film features more than one person of color in the top billing. Hey. Which is which is not very common for... Yeah. Uh, Who is it? Uh, it's uh, Viola Davis and oh. uh, Terrence Howard. Oh, cool. Where I kept forgetting uh, Viola Davis was in this, even though she's t- more top billed than Terrence Howard. Mm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Prisoners! Nitro! Nitro! But yeah, uh, that's that. That's the end of that game. Yeah! Alright, moving on. Uh, Gabriel, uh-huh. good good job playing the game. Thank you. Uh, that said, we need to go to break. When we okay. come back, okay. we're going to talk about our feelings. Sweet. Alright, Gabriel, cool. second. go to break. Alright! Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Dear listener readers. What's happening? To... Well, 
Best wow. Celebrities. Yeah. America's Fast Space Literature Podcast. That's us. You're Gabe. I'm Gabe. You're Daniel. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. And this is Book. We are time. Gabriel. Yes. This show. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. So, this is, uh, so we're, yeah, uh, uh, Hell is the Absence of God. Mm-hmm. I forgot what we read there for a second. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you know, you know, it's a kind of a, a funny thing about uh, Denis Villeneuve. Tell me the funny thing. Villeneuve. Villeneuve? Villeneuve. No, no, it's, it's, yeah, whatever. Anyway. Villeneuve? Veal. It's veal. Veal new. I don't know why I can't say it all of a sudden. Dennis Veal new. I can't. Uh, I always get tongue tied and everything like that when mm. we uh, when it comes to pronouncing things. Like I can pronounce French words unless I'm not doing the show. Yeah, it adds no, up. It's your fucking face. That's How what it fucking is. dare you? But uh, that's. A... I got a tan just for this episode. Uh, I, 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 and it wasn't me just drunk in a pool. <laughs> Ironically, uh, uh, Denis has said that I think it was about the time that he did. Um, uh, arrival the, the the that he said that he he was like oh i would love to do science fiction stories but i always feel i'm not gifted enough of a storyteller to properly tell good science fiction stories mm-hmm. and the funny thing is that like he's essentially done nothing but science fiction stories ever since yeah then. he did arrival which was which was science fiction but obviously like he came at it from like the other angle basically uh and then he did a uh, uh, blade runner and now he, now he's doing dune, dune! But yeah, no, I just thought that was uh, that was interesting because you know, you know, uh, sure as, is, a, Daniel. as a writer of speculative fiction, I'll yeah, always say you do. I'm extremely envious of how he, of what this fucking dork does because yeah. it's just it is he is incredibly talented. It is a fucking plus material, and he even say like he even says enough. It's that it's that uh what's the what's the the lean startup thing about um your your advantage or whatever what's your unfair advantage yeah unfair advantage is the idea that like he has a steady job so he's like yeah i can just keep i can just take my time and write what i feel like it and just like perfect each individual story yeah and like yeah no he's able to do it and he's uh he's fucking cool and he's a fucking genius yeah i know i i don't know if he i don't know about any stories that he's published like since exhalation came out hmm. i wonder i don't know you figure Ted's like, a busy guy interesting but gabriel yeah so Hell is the Absence of God. By Ted Chang. By Ted Chang. You wanted to read this story. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, kind of. You kind of uh, you kind of threw me off a little bit because I said like, oh, hell, I read Hell is the Absence of God. It was, a, it was a hell of a story. You know, we haven't done Ted Chang in a while. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of surprised that I think uh, when we were talking about Redwall, you were like, yeah, let's do, uh, we're doing uh, the Hell is the Absence of God. And I was like, sure. I and, don't think you're remembering this correctly. I, I, that's, how, that's how my mind kind of remembers things. Because I've never heard the story before. No, well, I I mentioned I read it. Oh, okay. But no, I'm saying that like that like you were saying like oh you wanted to do that right and I was like ah uh, sure yeah yeah. Oh, okay yeah, but that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, no, because like you know again I like talk- our loose pre-production meetings or <laughs> like pre-production meetings more mm-hmm. like in the middle of production meetings. Pretty much. Gabriel. Yep. So yeah, no, it's just uh, the the funny thing about like wanting to do this is that like I was thinking like no it's a really good story but it's like I don't know I like doing the lighthearted things for the show. Yeah. Yeah, and this is kind of like the other thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Gabriel, how did you like reading Hell? Is the absence of God. Well, um, as you've said before, Ted Chiang is unbelievably great at what he does. Mm-hmm. And this, and you know, batting a thousand, continuing to do so. I'm kind of, I didn't realize this was written like in 2001. This, this story is like 19 years old. Yeah. the I It think, can buy cigarettes. I think the uh, that short story collection came out about then too. Yeah. Like 2003-ish or 2002, four. I think is when this book yeah. came out. Okay. Yeah. And the story came out in 01. Okay. Which is kind of, it, it, it's mind-blowing to me. But um, reading this one in particular, I mean, really, I, I walk into every Ted Chang story not knowing what to expect, always to my benefit, because mm-hmm. they're always surprising. They're always fascinating. Um, and, like, just going through the ones we've done, Exhalation itself, the, the Alchemist Gate, they're 
mind blowing. I mean, just I, I can't think of a better word for them. They were just shockingly human, but also like just deeply intelligent. Mm-hmm. And this one, he goes into my favorite topic, that of God. Yeah, you love you love God. You know, I love me some God. You have like a poster over your bed that's just like a big buff God. Yeah, it's a big buff God playing the saxophone, and it's it's really it's I made it myself. Uh-huh. I modeled it after uh, Hulk Hogan, so, I mean, sure. that's God to me anyway. I mean, that's what God looks like to you. Mm-hmm. A big old roided out white guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's what most people think about him. Yeah. No, but this, uh, so as, all joking aside, I have a very complicated relationship with religion. I, I grew up hard Catholic. I was an altar boy and everything. I remember, I like, one of, one of those memories that kind of like makes you like cringe a little bit in yourself is uh-huh. that I got into a theological debate with a girl in high school before I started questioning everything. And I'm like, you don't believe in heaven? Oh my God. And I'm like, wow, Jesus, had I not seen dogma by then? Anyway, I started questioning religion like by the time I was a teenager. And so reading this, reading Ted Chang's perspective on it, on a story where what would become of the world if there is no more doubt about God? Mm-hmm. Beyond that, God is not benevolent. Mm-hmm. God is essentially still indifferent that mm-hmm. he's like more than oh, like a watchmaker. Like he's not just watching the clock. He's fucking shit up a little bit mm-hmm. every now and again. He's makes judgments like vindictive judgments, no less. Yeah. Like, like combined with the complete, uh, the, 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 the disaster and heartbreak wrought by angels and him casting De- um, uh, uh, Neil straight to hell anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, the interpretation of God in the story, I think as Ethan sums it up, is that God is indifferent to you and beyond that, he's even cruel. So, like, this is not a story about God's love except for the fact that people obsessively rely on it and preach it mm-hmm. when... All of his acts in this are equal turns, miraculous and devastating. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a really fascinating story about what this, if you can extrapolate it to what faith means in the world today to normal people, it's fascinating and kind of deeply upsetting. Yeah. Daniel, how did you feel about it? Did you have God in your life? Uh, you know what? Speaking of which, I remember going to my crappy Lutheran church in the Sunday mm-hmm. school. And it's like the story of Job was not really told to us. Really? As much. That's he, like front page news every Sunday in, in Catholic in Catholic. Yeah, in Catholic, in Catholic, in Catholic. That is the story if you're Catholic. They want you to know it's like, by the way, God's going to fuck you for all of your life. Yeah. And at the end, be like. Now heaven. <laughs> yeah. People who tried to tell me as a kid that God is love. I'm like, God is not love. God is fear. Mm-hmm. Or, although in this story, it, it is the idea. It's like, no, God, it's both. God is love. He's a little, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, but besides that, you know, I'm not a person of faith. Uh, that So like reading this is always, you know, coming at this from like a philosophical angle and everything. That, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I really enjoy. And um, uh, 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 the, my big blurb about it is like, man, this story's rad. Yeah, <laughs> the story's story's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, either we could go into a long theological debate, or we could just be like, "This story's fucking rules." <laughs> yeah, no, the story. Yeah, the story's kind of amazing. And again, like the craft is impeccable. The craft is impeccable. You don't expect the guy who did Exhalation a story about uh, basically like 
like robot people and one guy who basically decides to like basically take apart his own brain yeah um and discover and discovering like that the entire his exist life itself and the world that he lives in is basically revolving around like air pressure mm-hmm. and basically he's like writing a message to like the next people who come along be like is that the one with the bird what is it the one with the bird? No, it's the one of all the things that I'm just talking about. That was the Great Silence. Okay, yeah, I was trying to remember which one is <laughs> the bird no, one. There's no bird in that one. You forgot about the Great Silence. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so like, like, but I'm saying like, as hard science fiction as that is, and as complicated, and also technical, mm-hmm. the writing and like the language was in that, and it's like, and here's a story about angels. Yeah, and like, wow. but I love it. The angels are disasters, like you said earlier on. That basically they're the equivalent of an earthquake and a lightning bolt. Yeah, that and like a wildfire and like yeah. a tsunami. You know, it, it, it's like they'll show up, and it's just like a mixture of like indifferent miracles and indifferent disasters. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is yeah, which is how people of faith, I believe, you yeah. know, view the world, where yeah. it's like. You know, if if someone is like like survives cancer, it's a miracle of God. And if yeah. like a nine year old dies of cancer over here, then it's like God works in mysterious it's God's ways. Plan. It's God's plan. And like you know, in this there is like it those exist in the same world, mm-hmm. and it's just like the like the extreme indifference. About yeah, them, the, so. in, in 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 a multifaceted way, faith means nothing, and it means everything in this story in this world because. Yeah. Faith is only necessary when you when there's doubt to the existence of it, but because this God is so fucking ineffable, straight up inscrutable, ineffable, mm-hmm. there's no understanding his plan. People will continue to tell you, oh, it's just God's plan, and someone like Janice will be like, well, um, when your wife was taken away from you, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Well, so let me read this passage I was looking at earlier because I think this kind of sums up a lot of the story and how I feel about religion. So at this point, Neil has gone to Sarah's wife, his, 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 um, his, uh, what's the term? Is that Sarah's wife? No, Sarah, his wife. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, who died. He visits his parents, her parents, and her parents have always, like, disliked Neil because, you know, her, um, Sarah was a believer, mm-hmm. and so like, that's why she ascended, and he wasn't, and he feels like her, her parents are like, this is your fault, that if, like, like this might have been a test for you by killing my daughter, yeah, and yeah. Neil's like, that's bullshit, but here, it's, it's, it's um, three paragraphs, I hope you don't mind me going on in this. Yeah, go ahead. Their reaction shouldn't have come as a surprise. Throughout Neil's life, people had attributed moral significance to his leg. He has a shortened um, right leg, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Which was not part of a angel incident. It was just a general, like a, a genuine, like defect in the in the womb that happened to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, to him, um, his leg, even though God wasn't responsible for it. Now that he'd suffered a misfortune for which God was unambiguously responsible, it was inevitable that someone would assume he deserved it. It was purely by chance that Neil heard the sentiment when he was at his most vulnerable and it could have the greatest impact on him. Neil didn't think his in-laws were right, but he began to wonder if he might not be better off if he did. Perhaps, he thought, it'd be better to live in a story where the righteous were rewarded and the sinners were punished, even if the criteria for righteousness and sinfulness eluded him, than to live in a reality where there was no justice at all. It would mean casting himself in the role of sinner, so it was hardly a comforting lie, but it offered one reward that his own ethics couldn't. Believing it would renew, would reunite him with Sarah. Sometimes even bad advice can point a man in the right direction. It was in this manner that his in-laws' accusations ultimately pushed Neil closer to God. Mm-hmm. So, fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, it's, it's like, like I, I'm, again, maybe I'm projecting on it, but uh-huh. for me, a lot of the story is about 
um, having an anger towards religion and, but still having this, I, I, I relate a lot of this to my Catholicism that I'm never going to shake it. It's always going to be with me. <laughs> so I always believe to a certain um, degree that the more I suffer, the more righteous and better off I am. I, I you know, I look, f- I don't look for a reason. I believe that I deserve punishment and I deserve pain because it makes me a better person for having suffered more, mm-hmm. which I don't think Neil would agree with me, but I think that it's even me now as a borderline atheist agnostic, it still sticks in me, like this investigation of what it means to be a sinner, what it means to be God. And I completely believe that there would be a vindictive God who would let Neil love him only to cast him into hell. I'm like, yeah, of course. What did you expect? That's, that's how that works. Yeah, it, it would have been too much. Although it sounded like that was the case that it's so indifferent that like all Neil has to do is just see the light of God and he wins. Yeah, and, and, but, and in this world where I think a lot of it is that this God and these angels, um, the humans are still just ants. And you like maybe like if a serial murderer and rapist in this in this world yeah. gets invited into heaven because of he happens to see the light, that's not divine justice. That's incidental. Yeah. So, but then it's, it's countermanded by... God deliberately throwing him into hell after rewarding him with like, here, here's how wonderful my love is. Now I cast you out. Yeah. That, like the ultimate fuck you. Yeah. 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 And uh, that, that reminded me. No, that's actually why I I brought this up to you uh, to begin with. Not necessarily mm-hmm. to do it for the show, but I was like, oh, you'd like the story. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like, no, this is more, this is up your alley. Um, because again, like not not really having like either like that kind of that either Catholic or that kind of like Jewish sense of like, you know, like, like guilt and like that cold, scary fist of God kind of thing yeah. where, yeah, I, I've never really grown up with that. So I, I have a very objective kind of view on something like this. I can appreciate this. And it's Daniel kind of, is a scientist. It, it's funny that he had the uh, Chang describes this as like being pure fantasy. Yeah. Whereas I can still see this. It's like, no, I see it actually more of like, it is science. It is science fiction. Yeah. Because like science fiction, I think like the Dalai Lama said that like a, uh, philosophy is dead because basically like science today is the new philosophy mm-hmm. that like because philosophy is all about understanding like like the existence and life and our places in the universe and essentially it's like that's no longer you know people being like like formulating logic problems um it is the idea of uh, uh you, you know you you basically it's like yeah no you can actually just look into like the fucking stream of light that forms the existence of things and be like there it is you know yeah but uh, yeah, so that's why I find this um, um, pretty interesting. By, by the way, I need to tell you about uh, Rocco's Basilisk, which is a uh, supposedly it has the potential to be an absolutely terrifying uh, 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 thought experiment. Cool. I love thought experiments. I'll actually put that at the end of the show just okay. because like you should have made this the game. I should. No, I, I can't, can't. It's not <laughs> a game. Me, give me a horrible like a theological thought experiment. It's like I state something and say, by the way, you lose. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um. Which I'll actually, I'll say at the end of the show, I want to, I just want to preface this by saying that even the, the YouTube video I said, it's like, technically I'm supposed to tell you, it's like, I will give you a, a thought experiment that potentially has the, has the potential for existential dread. Mm-hmm. If you're like also a very paranoid kind of person. Me? So like if you're- Who if, said that? No, like actual paranoid. Oh, okay. Um, actual, not you. You're just, you know. Yeah, I'm just uh, fucking You're just head. fucking, you know. <laughs> you know. Anyway, but uh, no, like, so if you're, if you're that kind of person, don't listen to it. But that said, if you're anyone else, check it out. It's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh, let's do a thing brought to us by our old buddy from the Whip Around podcast. Please check out the Whip Around podcast every Whip Around Wednesday, where Shawnee B. Hayes and Philip Porta, the doc 
doctor tell you all the things weird news in the world, all things macabre, all things science, because they are a great time and they're our good friends. Yeah, also Dick Lover number two. Dick Lover number two. That's it. Mm-hmm. A little thing we like to do called Hey. Hazy memories. Hazy memories. Gabriel, years mm-hmm. from now, when you remember having read Hell is the Absence of God, yeah. what will you remember? What is the thing that's going to pop in your mind? What is your hazy memory? Um, I'm going to think a lot about the story in a lot of different ways. I'm trying to think what's... I I, I like... Maybe the thing that, that catches my eye the most is that scene where Janice, um, like, kind of insensitively tries to compare the rest- uh, the restoration of her legs yeah. to the death of Neil's wife mm-hmm. and Neil really like what I love a lot about Chang's writing is that they're not emotional per se that earlier when I was when I was reenacting this conversation it's so much more like like an observer like a clinical observer witnessing <clears throat> something purely human mm-hmm. and it's it's a really cool like dichotomy what, what Ted Chang does but this moment like like even when when Chang's describing Neil like lying on the floor and weeping and waking up because he's lost the love of his life, it still reads like a disp- dispassionate isn't the word, but an observer who's like like an anthropological interest in people. Mm-hmm. And when when Janice is like, well, the de- like my me getting my legs back, the death of your wife, that's God's will, and you know it's just kind of the same thing. And like the cluelessness of people who believe to me like the the casual insensitivity of a believer who i think i i'm clearly not one it it is something that always like sticks in my maw mm-hmm. so i i really like that little scene it kind of it's gonna jam in my brain thinking about hell's the absence of god oh it's people who think they have their righteousness and they don't mm-hmm. what about you daniel william that's a good question what is my hazy memory I don't know, I'm trying to come up Is with it some, the bird? Trying to come up with something like, yeah, the bird from the other story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, that's um, that's a good question because uh, I think, I don't know, what is my hazy memory? I want to say like something obvious. I think like the big one is like that initial reaction of like description of, you know, like again, he doesn't, he does a great job of like giving us information where like the angel shows up in the beginning and in like, in the like basically performed two major miracles and then did four minor ones. One of the minor miracles at the end was like, Oh, it prevented a disaster from it being there because as natural, because the natural reaction of like someone witnessing something like otherworldly is be like, Oh fuck. And veer off the road. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like, and then leading into like the description of, uh, uh, Sarah being killed by flying by glass. That's being blown at her. Yeah. She bleeds out. She bleeds to death. Yeah. Like Like, the, the kind of like way that it was described is such an, an amazing way to very eloquently describe this world without being, uh, 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 um, Sorry, uh, uh, you know, when you're describing a, a, a expositional. Ex- oh, sure. Expository. Expository. Thank you. Uh, I completely blanked out on that word. Uh-huh. Um, so like, which is, which is really fucking amazing storytelling. Like that's the kind of thing that I, I always find really amazing where he's kind of, he tells you this world, the science fiction world, mm-hmm. uh, that is like, what if, you know, what if miracles were literal? What, what if all, you know, all this is true? Um, and it's just that something like that's amazing. Also, I want to say that, uh, you know, the first story in this uh, collection, the tower of Babylon, uh, is a story about uh, people, excuse me, uh, people like building an actual like ba- Babylonian tower mm-hmm. that is going to pierce the vault of heaven. 
Um, I don't know if I told you about that. It, it's a. Uh, I think you might have like. Yeah. So like, yeah, clearly he has an interest. He has a we- he has a weird Ted Chang interest in like religion. Yeah. They, they it picks out and everything like that. And even the story before this is only three pages, which I read. Okay. It is it is a, a discre- it is a fictitious, uh, scientific article that is about how like uh si- the future sciences have gone beyond human understanding. Cool. That like that like people who are described as like kind of being like augmented humans or AIs are basically doing science over here, but they need interpreters basically to tell normal people so that we can comprehend it and everything like that. That's cool. I like that a lot. Interesting too. But, uh, I'm sorry. Is there, am I missing a segment here? I always feel like I'm missing one. <laughs> nope. Um, we already had our final thoughts for the most part. Okay. Yeah. That that was, yeah, yeah, I always think, usually I think we do final thoughts and, and then, then the hazy memory. So I, I think th- so. That's throwing me off. But okay, I, this, this happened several weeks in a row right now. Mm-hmm. So, Gabriel? 174. Let's stop talking about this. Bye, Ted. Get out of here, Ted. Get, get, get your fucking blue French horn and fuck off to high heaven. Exactly. Gabriel, yeah. next time we're doing... Uh, back to Redwall, baby. Back to Redwall. We're doing Brian Jake's exciting novel of mice murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, of mice and murder. Hi, Rulan. Hi, Rulane. I don't know. I'll find out when I do the audiobook. Mm-hmm. But uh, so check that out, you fucking dorks. <laughs> Gabriel. Mm-hmm plug um ladies and gentlemen if you haven't done it already please check out self-evident asian america stories now season two is going strong i guess the whole all the last episodes were all season one which i guess didn't really occur to me um uh, i contributed to it last year season one um episode three the talk we were supposed to have it's about my life it's an amazing show please give them all of your attention all your um, reviews i mean support them on patreon because they are outstanding they're doing really really great work about the asian american experience also please check out the other top gown radio show on this network it is ap film by film school professionals where katie commits and melo morones did not go to film school so decided to make their own they're making their own syllabi about um film theory and it's a great time the gals have a really good time they talk about ladybird for two fucking hours and it's uh it's a it's a hoot i'm a big fan of their show please give them a like a subscribe and a review mm-hmm. and uh lastly check me out on instagram at read.richards read like reading a book mm-hmm. oh i'm also doing a comedy show this thursday um uh check out steelstacks.org the arts quest at home i am performing some comedy with um uh, bad advice of john lunger it's a really really great and silly show where me and a couple other panelists they will uh will answer people will come at us in the crowd and the zoom crowd and ask us for help for the questions for their problems and we give them deliberately bad advice so check that out it's a really really funny show i enjoy it a lot daniel what about you uh <clears throat> you can uh check out my fiction which is all available wherever you get your ebooks uh and also you get the physical copies on amazon only they are a cook in the kingdom and <laughs> the shadow from the deep also you can check out the uh wondery show that i uh assisted with yeah. uh it's called guru the dark side of enlightenment uh, which is available entirely right now, and I'm credited, and I helped it out, and it was really fun. Scrotally McGodily. Now, Roko's Basilisk. Yeah, please tell me all about this. Okay, again, people, tech, don't let this existential problem get you down, whatever. It's yeah, just an interesting... if you are given to paranoia and existential dread, trigger warning now. See you next week. Yeah, trigger warning. Yeah, go, sign off. Don't worry about it. It's not that exciting. Mm-hmm. It is. Shit. Uh, Gabriel, so yeah. again, for people who don't know, the Basilisk is a mythological creature that basically can, like freeze or kill you by basically sight alone all it has to do is look at you and you just like turn to stone a medusa lizard kind of like that yeah um so basically this uh so that's uh and the thought experiment's named after this uh so basically it's the idea that imagine that someone in the future created uh, a kind of like super ai 
and and told that uh, and the person told the ai it's like i need you to basically optimize humanity and the first thing that this ai does this super powerful thing is that it goes back in time and basically uh helps everyone that came that helped that aided its existence it's coming to existence mm -hmm. and punished everyone who did not okay and it's the idea that like in it, like it'll even like kill you for example if like if you did not if you not contribute to it becoming into existence right sure so the idea is that technically if you what you should do right now is do whatever you can to create this thing's existence okay this time traveling all powerful AI that honestly can be quantumly like possible you know sure um because essentially like if you don't do anything you're gonna get killed by it mm -hmm. uh the only way to kind of work your way out of this uh, uh uh conundrum is by being blissfully unaware of it okay but now that you are aware of it so it's the game it's 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 the game you know I, like i lost the game What's that? That was a oh, whole, I, I, tr you know, you don't remember. I, I that. think I heard about it. No, I don't remember. There's that whole silly trend for a, a long, like a lot of like nerds and fucking dopey theater kids and like uh. sci-fi <laughs> shit. You'd go to like a convention, like say an anime convention in Boston in 2008, and then people. It was this long-running thing where, if, if you could still do this now, and I bet if you walked into a mall assuming there's a mall, and shouted, "I lost the game," people would groan and then go, "I lost the game." So, um, well, it's just the thing where it's like, if you just shout, I lost the game, everyone yeah. around you, who anytime you think of the game, you lose. So once you acknowledge the game existing, you've already lost. Ugh, way to put your fucking weeboo dick in this, in this whole thing. That is an exactly I mean... correct way to pronounce that. <laughs> so it's, it's the only way to win the game is to not know it exists. Therefore you all lost. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, is there any more to the experiment? No, that that was that was it. That's uh, cool. No, I like that a lot. No, it's fascinating. So yeah, it is. The, yeah, it is this thing which, and again, like it's, yeah. it sounds like some like like futuristic techno Lovecraft shit where yeah, like like knowledge is the ultimate damnation. Yeah, where the idea is that like you can either do whatever you can to protect people from not knowing about it, or you 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 push to the point of insanity to make to serve something that will kill you if it doesn't, if you don't help it. Yeah. And that's it. Like there, it is realistic for people today can like hear this and be like, Oh, Oh no. Oh no. What? Love that. What? That's, that's fascinating. So yeah, it, that is an, it is an interesting thing. And obviously the name basilisk is very kind of, like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? that's it. That's the end of the show. Cool. See you guys next week. Whatever. Bye. Top gallant radio brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara. <laughs>